Welcome to the Greg Van Nuys Airport, Van Nuys Airport. <laughs> it happens occasionally. It'll slip out. Uh, I'll be on the phone with my parents, and I'll need to do something, and I'll just be like, oh, do you mind if I just, uh, one moment, please? <laughs> and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, talk to Mr. Van Nuys Airport. <laughs> Mr. Van Nuys Airport, this is Haley Manrique. <laughs> Hi, I'm Greg Van Nuys Airport. <laughs> yeah, my dad, Terry Airport, married my mom, Debbie Van Nuys. Debbie Van Nuys. And now I have a hyphenated <laughs> Van Nuys Airport. And then they canceled the NBA. <laughs> and then shit got real. And that's yeah. when it was serious. The real world, quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this straight. You have a job that treats you like a human being. It's so crazy. <laughs> uh, Zach, should we start the show? Let's start the show. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi, hello. My name's Haley. And my name's Zach. And we're, we're not, not together. together. How's everybody How doing? How is it going? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, no, it's just been like, it's been uh, a really busy day, mostly because I stuff that I was supposed to do yesterday was completely pushed back because um, Brant's car was missing yesterday morning when he got up. And, uh, so we spent a long time trying to figure out just what had happened, if it had been towed or what. And, and like, it was, it was so hard just to get a hold of my landlord. There were no signs around to, about any sort of towing or something. I'm in an apartment complex and so, so they should be up. Um, and it was so long just to get information from her. We went on one of those, like, we have a Facebook group for people who live in the, the apartment complex and it's mostly like old people complaining about people and being in the pool and it's... <laughs> Anyway, they better so, not enjoy themselves in there. Right. And so I was like, hey, um, uh, we, you know, we posted on there like about this car being towed. And he, they were like, well, those are visitors parking spots. Residents aren't supposed to park in there. Like, he's my boyfriend. He's visiting. And like, yeah, that's not also that's not the point. One person, my favorite comment was like, are you sure it wasn't stolen? Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm tr- I'm <laughs> trying to figure that out right now. Um, and people were there was all this stuff like, oh, if you're talking about the car, I think you're talking about that's been there for uh, weeks at a time. Like, yeah, Jeff, uh, <laughs> we're in a we're in a quarantine right now. For, we've been home for weeks at a time. I'm sorry. Anyway, it was like a whole thing. It it was towed, but it and it was a whole other thing just getting it back. It, it was a nightmare, but you know. No, I bet I'm making, Jeff. I make. Yeah. I bet Jeff had a low angle selfie as his profile picture. Yeah. Like yeah. In the same the nose. same one over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like every single time you click next, it's like a different size it's for a some little reason. Little cropped. Yeah. yeah. One one was just his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Haley, how's your day going? You know, today was fine, but it's so funny you mentioned that because like last week I had this like lemon debacle. Which is not like which is not like a lemon party. Okay, I was 
I thought it was maybe like an epi- a new like a a chapter from Sears Unfortunate Events that we didn't get or something. <laughs> the lemon debacle. Well, yeah. I have an obscene amount of lemons in my lemon tree out back. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like cute and neighborly and I'm going to leave out like I have this like picnic basket. I'm like, I'm going to leave out a picnic basket and just be like free lemons, you know, just That's take cute. some. I thought it was cute, right? Yeah. A couple hours later, I go out um, and the ba- the whole thing's just gone, including my cute picnic basket. And so I was like, so someone just took the whole thing. That sucks. It sucks. And then so I so I'm that old lady who posted on Nextdoor like right. return my basket. I thought I was doing something nice, blah blah blah. And then I won't ask any questions. <laughs> just put it on my doorstep. No questions asked. Don't make me get the authorities involved. <laughs> Did you um, get it? No. It just that like sucks. Some people on like the other actual old ladies like most people who commented were old ladies like, I'm so sorry, that stinks, you know. Or or it was like some people who were like, it's just a fucking basket. <laughs> like, it's like, the principle, you. sir. It's the principle. Jesus so, Christ. It's funny. I actually legit got into like a next door beef, like a fool. Mm, next door beef. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a subscription to that site, actually. <laughs> Oh my god, I love next door beef. Some of my favorite nextdoorbeef.com. Gay porn uh stars are on that one. <laughs> um but then we like totally quashed it. We were like, "You know what? I was rude. I was rude too. Sorry." <laughs> it was actually very, you know, it worked out. Except I still don't have a basket, so I don't know. Maybe it didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to get back to that beef later. <laughs> um well, anyway, kind of I mean, to to jump around, do kind of an A to B to C. Uh-huh, um, yes. It sounds like we've both had some catty bitches in our life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what I'm saying is high school, full of them. Oh, full yeah. of those catty bitches. Old women and high school girls. Those are the cattiest bitches there are. And <laughs> or, high <laughs> or high school boys. Or high school boys. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about um, sort of high school today and kind of a late in life high school experience that queer people sometimes tend to have and to do that we're having uh one of my best friends from high school on the show uh writer and fellow podcaster laura ansel hello 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 howdy how's it going (laughs) it's great it's great so yeah we're here to talk about high school sort of i am one one basket shy of a full bushel but that sounds like an idiom right like she's one basket shy of a lemon party yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i keep bringing up lemon party don't google that by because the way. it's the kind of thing don't. you google in high school that's true you're right or at I'm least back if you're of she's, a certain or age or like she's the kind of girl who forgets the basket to a picnic <laughs> you're right lemon party blue waffle all uh, high, sc- high school staples very much uh, so yeah. meat spin <laughs> that's the only spin. one that i think that's got me i never saw that never saw mr hands never saw tub girl i missed i I was pretty good i missed all of those things yeah yeah i refused i refused two girls one cup i still haven't watched it um, i've seen little clips i've seen screenshots and stuff but mm-hmm. i always just i've seen i mean to watch it i just i keep seeing <laughs> bits of it i just it just never queue. feels like the queue. right day it's on it's watch. on netflix right i'll it's watch on netflix. it i'll watch you watch it, it. <laughs> it's 
Put it in my queue. I'll watch, I'll watch it. it eventually. I've got to watch it. I keep saying I'm going to watch it. I keep saying I'm going to watch it, but then I just put on The Office again. You know how I, I know. <laughs> it's like you got to watch Two Girls, One Cup. Come on. <laughs> Everyone's talking. Uh, I know. Just haven't done yeah. it yet. Hear good things. <laughs> I, hear, I hear great things. <laughs> no, I know I'm going to like it. I just need to like get myself into it. You know? I've got Better Call Saul and Two Girls, One Cup <laughs> while both lined up. Those are my next. Those are next on my list. <laughs> um so uh laura uh you kind of suggested this episode idea uh can you talk about that yeah so this is something that has come up in a million conversations i've had with people uh i've lived in several areas that one might define as a queer hub places that a lot of queer people end up moving to and staying in various sort of places that I guess feel comfortable or just attract uh, a certain community. And I've had issues living in those places for the most part. Uh, It's not a utopia? (laughs) Shockingly, (laughs) when you put a lot, not that I would ever uh, sort of stereotype the entire queer community as anything, But I have found that in these hubs, there is a lot of drama and there's a lot of experiences that just didn't feel good for me. So I chose to leave. And when I've talked to a lot of people about why I, why I've been, uh, why I I chose to move to an area where there isn't a sort of historically known queer community already developed or where I'm necessarily even going to have the opportunity to go out and meet a lot of people my age or people in that community. And I've just sort of chosen to live where I want to live and not really think about that as a priority. It's mostly boiled down to the notion that I've picked up on that there's a lot of high school dynamics that get played out in those communities. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I sort of think about what uh, sort of... I would have what sort of hat I have to throw into the let's talk about gay stuff ring. Uh, (laughs) It's probably what I've been paying attention to about that for the last however many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, drama, right? I hate it. Now, Dish, tell us about (laughs) all the drama. Spill the tea. (laughs) That's the problem is every time I start to talk about it, it just turns into a gossip. (laughs) I... Yeah, I, I hate gossip. I never do it, but girl, let me tell you. <laughs> and I hate it's not doing gossip. This. It's not gossip. It's true. It's just facts. It's just facts. I will admit, I'm your friend. I'm a. You I'm can a, trust me. I love to gossip. I, I yeah. absolutely love to gossip. I will not deny that about myself at all. But so, I, it's more than just gossip that I've noticed. It's definitely mm-hmm. there's just. Uh, people who are not really interacting with each other in uh thinking with care pretty much there's there's a lot of I think a feeling of sort of I'm trying to think of what the word is no worries you Uh, take a, a moment yeah scarcity there's a general sense of scarcity, of course, everywhere, you know, that you're not going to find the queer community that you need to feel safe and to feel validated and stuff, which are is all really important things and stuff that I had a lot when I was growing up, and I was really fortunate for that. But 
I think people are going into those communities and not thinking about what they need to look like and what they need to actually run on to be healthy and to be good for these people who all mostly have a lot of trauma and have a lot of stuff that they sort of need to work through and that they need help working through and they need a hug through maybe. Yeah. And uh, I haven't seen that sort of play out in as many scenes right. as I would like to have. Or I'd hope to mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, um, I, and I'd love to ask like what, which uh, hubs you talked about in particular, yeah. but I think it is interesting when you take a bunch of people who are kind of like have been outsiders, have been hurt by a lot of people who they are close to um, and probably aren't used to being in like a group and then putting all those people in one place. You know, people who are, are used to thinking of the world of me versus everybody else. And because that's how that's how they had to live, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, I, I feel like that's the big disclaimer that I have to put at the top of this is that I don't really... There are some people who I think are just bring nasty energy into the world and I, I fault them for that maybe. But mm-hmm. for the most part, this is not something that I like fault people for it's something that I've been just as you know sort of responsible for doing and just as guilty of it's it's it makes complete sense to me it's just not something that feels good to be a part of Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's interesting because I think you see a lot of that kind of thing in small communities in general like I think if you were to go to a really tiny town or like even in like when I was going to church I remember there being like church drama and like church rumors and all that kind of stuff and like I think any uh or like high school you know like where it's like less like my high school is 2000 I know you guys went to a big high school as well um but it's like any kind of which is large but it's a small community in a sense any any time there's like kind of a small group of people that kind of like are all in one place I think I think that might tend to happen yeah yeah definitely I think for a lot of people, you know, high school doesn't really end, but at least like in that way, you know, there's always going to be pockets of like people and who are kind of clicky. But I think like for a lot of queer people, we didn't get that classic high school experience. We didn't get to date people that we um, wanted to. Some of us, Um, we probably didn't get to be our full open selves. We might not have like gone to like the parties or whatever um and so sometimes we act that stuff out later it's not just the caddy stuff but it's also like the the drinking and the partying and the Mm -hmm. you know the dating around stuff yeah that's definitely been the biggest thing that sort of stuck out to me is you know if you i so i had a particularly uh promiscuous uh teen years i was i was really wild and i i was I would not say the word was fortunate, but I was eased along by the fact that I am also attracted to men. So (laughs) I was able to, you know, go out and experiment and I was able to experience uh, at least some teen version of love. And even though, and I also came out really young, I met a girl when I was like 12 or 13 who was a couple years older than me who just sort of 
introduced me uh, to the concept of bisexuality, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and <laughs> it just stuck from there. It was like, oh, I met a girl. She explained to me that uh, it would be normal for me to be as interested in her as I would any other guy. And because I was 13 and about to become boy crazy, I also, it just sort of, I was very <laughs> lucky to just have that introduced to me at that moment. And I uh, felt comfortable with my family and stuff coming out to them and stuff. So it was, I had opportunities to figure that stuff out, but I know that a lot of other people did not. And mm-hmm. I I could see if I hadn't had access to, not that I necessarily think that everything I did as a teenager was good for me, but if I didn't have access mm-hmm. to that kind of experience, I can't imagine what I would have been doing in college or after that. Like if I had finally like felt what it was like to be attracted to someone and have them be attracted to me as well and not have anything stopping us from being able to express ourselves about that. You know, if I'm an adult and really have nothing holding me back, if I am old enough to drink and I can go out to the bar and I can make out with every single person that I want to, like, yeah, I wouldn't I? Well, yeah. Sometimes (laughs) if you withhold something for so long you you just you overcompensate yeah which is not like a bad thing but like necessarily but yeah it can it can uh if you do that for too long if you're just overcompensating for years and years and years i mean there are people who are you know still very much late in their 20s and still having their their high school moment well so quotes that's really what it feels like and so i guess uh bringing back to you asking what hubs i am referring to the main one that i lived in for the last decade uh on and off is in massachusetts and in western massachusetts a town called northampton which is famous for being is a historically gay town there's two all-women's colleges very close to each other there there's the college that i went to hampshire that's this tiny liberal arts school where you design your own major and you sort of design your own experience and it pretty much exclusively accepts outcasts and alternative people and people who didn't necessarily have the best experience in high school didn't feel like normal schooling was right for them and certainly Mm. that coincides with a large number of queer people yeah Mm. and having the two all-girls schools as well sort of brought in just this growing community that has been has existed there for a really long time uh, that has really left an impact on it. And it is definitely a gay town and a gay mm-hmm. area. It's not just Northampton, but that whole area is very well known sort of for being a hub where queer people can go and feel safe. And it definitely is like, mm-hmm. it, you know, you can feel safe walking for the most part, not that everyone feels safe all the time, but as a general rule, like I could feel safe walking down the street holding my girlfriend's hand and not feel like anyone was going to look at that any differently than any heterosexual couple walking down the right. street, which is certainly yeah. on its own like a huge, unbelievable privilege. Right. Um, huge. Yeah. I mean, even in like very liberal states like in California or New York, you could still feel like uncomfortable walking around showing like displaying affection like that yeah you know, you're not sure like you got kind of almost every single person you run into you almost have to gauge yeah all right what's this gonna be you know yeah and in Northampton it's kind of and maybe this is an exaggeration but 
I've lived there for a while, and it really, it felt like you were actually having to uh, wonder if the people you were engaging with were straight rather than not, <laughs> which is an amazing. Am- That's amazing. really amazing thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to be able, pretty much there, I mean, there was a gay bar, and it's a tragedy that it closed, but also kind of every bar is able to function as a gay bar because you could feel safe going in in there and flirting with someone and being able to sort of assume that maybe you guys would be on the same page as far as sexual orientation which is definitely not something we could do in the town that I grew up in or anywhere that I've lived since um yeah you so can't that's really all do that in LA. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, and of especially course, Northampton's yeah. a lot smaller than LA, which is important yeah. to specify. Yeah. But do they yeah. have um like specifically lesbian bars there? No, we had one bar that was called Divas, and that was like an actual gay bar, but it closed. Mm-hmm. I guess I think it was functioning while I was living there, but by the time I had turned twenty one and could actually go there, it had already closed down. Right. Um, we sort of have, there were more underground places that just, well, you know, actually, uh, a not just lesbian bar and not just gay bar, but like queer everybody bar just opened up there called Majestic. So if anyone from Western Mass is listening to this, (laughs) they seem, I did not go. I moved right as they were opening up, but from what I can tell, it is the bar that people had been waiting to have open there that it's you know explicitly a queer bar and not just a bar where it happens to be that there's a lot of queer people there they do events that are tailored towards the community and oh that's so cool you know it's like mostly trans people and queer people that are working there and that are going there it's really really awesome um i love that other than that i i want i wish there were more bars where it really truly felt like this is for every type of queer person and yes. not specifically like yeah. oh this is a gay bar this you know it like you know right. the type of place where somebody's not gonna come up to some other random stranger and be like uh what are you doing here this is not lesbian night or this is not blah 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 or like you know yeah right right Definitely. yeah it's 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 a lot intersectionality <laughs> what a um, concept yeah but no it's it's crazy because it's like yeah the idea that queer people do often experience almost like a late puberty in a sense or a late kind of like party stage it it is like that old like adage like everyone wants to date the preacher's daughter kind of thing where it's like you're so cooped up for so long that when you finally it's like we're all on rumspringa Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. A hundred percent. That is yes. that is what Northampton feels like. It feels like it's permanent Rumspringa because it is a college town that also has it is a service industry town. So you need to have an active population that is not in college and that is able to serve the college students, their families, the tourists, and the residents. So there's a really large twenty, thirty something population in there as well. And mm-hmm. there is a sense that and I'm sure this applies to the straight people too, but <laughs> there is a sense that you are sort of grandfathered into living in a living the college town lifestyle once mm-hmm. you've graduated because you're still working in the bars that they go to and you're still working at the cafes that they go to yeah. and those cafes are selling alcohol so they're open until 
midnight and then you can go out and party as much as you want or whatever because there's tons of people around and they're all young and they're all hot and they all want to make out they're all like finally coming out of their shell and figuring out who they are and you're 25 or 27 or 32 and Mm -hmm. you can like show them the way and there's just there's so much of that that it's yeah that's a whole nother (laughs) topic of (laughs) the amount of sort of predatory predatory activity that exists in that but just sort of overall it is it is such a party town because you can get away with being you know, no judgment, but you can get away with being in your late 20s, in your 30s, and still partying like a college kid because everyone around you is a college kid and no one's going to notice that you're older mm-hmm. or they're going to, you're going to be the like cool guy that's going to show them yeah. sick right. old gay porn and <laughs> <laughs> show them all the cool spots and whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Zach, let me know if you experienced anything like this because I was always, you know, I was, I, I was in the closet up until college. And I also had a really strict, really strict parents, you know. Um, And then so when I finally got to college, like my freshman year, I partied fucking hard for sure. Because it was like finally the freedom, you know, and just Mm kind of like a big weight off my shoulders. Like I'm finally like out to people and kind of being myself. And then your second year is when film school starts Um, and you have no time to party. So... I got so when like, you do, when you do, you, you go hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I got one solid year of partying out, but then when I graduated and I came out to LA, I still had a lot of party left in me. So I yeah. was definitely one of those post-college, like I need to party and get fucked up like all the time. Cause I still had like a lot of that pent up energy. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a ton of that there. Um, I know when I was a first year, my college, super laid back. Things have changed, but for the most part, you could sit out in the front lawn and do whatever you wanted and, you know, parties could happen whenever. You could, we had crazy parties there. Night of a Thousand Beers were one of the dorms bought a thousand beers and I like walked in for two minutes I don't drink and I walked out and I was just drenched head to toe (laughs) in beer um and you know there's UMass up there which is also a huge party school but some of the other schools are not especially on campus there's really strict regulations for that I know that at least one of the other schools they weren't allowed to have parties except ones that were sanctioned by the college Boo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I went to you would go to one and you would have to stand in line for truly hours to get Oof. into the venue because every single person on campus and all of the people that they were fucking and everybody <laughs> else was trying to come to the party so you would wait in line wow. and you would wait in line and then it was just an absolute like yeah. you know bacchanalia <laughs> like people were just going off and there would yeah. only be a couple a year so I can't imagine if I if I were someone who partied because I'm not, but if I mm-hmm. were and if I had gone to one of those schools and if I had spent up until my second year of college thinking uh, I'm supposed to be straight, but I think I'm not, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do about it, and then finally coming to a college where there's million lesbians around and they're all saying like, "Hey, it's totally a thousand cool. beers and a million lesbians." <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> 
Haley, you, you went to the wrong go school. Back in time. <laughs> it's where the mountain lesbians are. I love mountain lesbians. I am a mountain lesbian. Well, Damn you it. have heart, to go yeah. to Western Mass. That's where I went they... to Frat Boy Central. That was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's plenty of frat boys there too. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot imagine like graduating. You went to a really difficult college. You weren't really able to party that much while you were there. You get out. You're twenty something, and you just have access to everything. And it, but then. Six months later, you go back to that same bar and everyone that you've ever made out with is in there at the same time. And they're also- I've had this nightmare before. All <laughs> making out with each other. Oh no, I've had this really good dream before. <laughs> nightmare then, or flashback? Or well, incredible, yeah. They're, they're all making out with each other. Oh no, wait, this wasn't a dream. I was at that party. <laughs> you were at that party. Right, I saw you there. <laughs> The problem is that they're all making out with each other, and a fifth of them do not want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that you know I I think part of what goes hand in hand with the fact that there's a lot of non-monogamy in the queer community and a lot less sort of norms about what relationships look like. It it which I, I mean I was non-monogamous for a long time i'm not currently but i I certainly relate to it but i when there's that many people who are non-monogamous and queer and drunk and hot living (laughs) in one town together it really leads to just an unbelievable pylon of a, a mess a <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's, i've heard yeah. no negative so far <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing i call it i call it gay hell but i also like i have moved back there at least once i like i really love when i'm there it's messy and it's fun and it's slutty and you get to meet a lot of cool people and it's gorgeous but yeah i i really do mm-hmm. the the other sort of big thing that I think comes into play here that I mean I mean as much as I guess it's sort of mm-hmm. fun and real to focus on the partying aspect the other aspect that I think is really important that I don't want to sort of miss out on mentioning is that you've also got a lot of people who have n- never been the cool kid before yes yes and when you take the factor of a like normy straight cool kid out then a void opens for the new yeah. cool kids. And it, it it replicates the same dynamics that you see in high school. It, I yeah. From what I've noticed, these a lot of people, these people, me included, huh. like, except I've just, I never, I've never been cool. So there was... <laughs> uh, well, that's not true. <laughs> well, I've ne- okay, I'm awesome. But I've never been the right. cool kid. Like, there was, I, I, I didn't find my way into the cool kid group when I <laughs> moved to this town or when I, I spent some time living in Portland, Oregon. And the same thing, I, I, I would have never mm-hmm. sort of fit into that group. But when you're uh, hot enough and you're good enough at developing your look and you can sort of talk the right talk and do the right thing if you're Shane from the L word with a punk hmm. vest, uh, you can really sort of fit yourself into this archetype that we need. Like we yeah, don't yeah. know how to not have the cool click. 
And yeah. when you have a lot of people that have only ever just been a lot of people who just have only been treated poorly and have never had a chance to have any sort of like power in their scene. I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that they are starting to engage in the same behaviors that the people that bullied them are, which is where you get call out culture and it's where you get people ousting each other from communities just for having, mm-hmm. you know, a like having a, a relationship that didn't end well. And that person has a lot of power and they're able to tell their friend who tells their friend who makes a Facebook post about it, which is, you know, the cafeteria of yeah. the universe. And it just allows people to become, you know, sort of get the power that they were missing in high school and put people down because it felt so bad to be put down themselves that they want right. to put someone else down. And no one's, like, taking a step back and saying, hey, how is this any different than what we were doing in high school? Exactly. The thing, the funny thing is, is, like, there's not, especially in L.A., like, there's not a lack of women to date. Like, there are plenty of women. You know, there are plenty of fish in the sea, but there all there are schools of fish, and if mm-hmm. you have a relationship that doesn't go well with someone in this school, that whole school is out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're blacklist. <laughs> you're blacklisted from that school of fish. You know what I mean? Because um, it it is still those like clicks. Like there are those like groups that kind of right. like pair off into like big chunks, but like. And then they're loyal to their friend, you know, which makes sense. Of course, they're like, yeah, fuck that person. They broke your heart or whatever. But they don't know, you know, know the whole story necessarily. There's a certain line that you cross, you know, there's like Mm -hmm. a certain point where you stop looking out for your friend and you start just trying to hurt someone because you want Mm -hmm. to hurt them. There was this really, I think the thing that really changed my mind about stuff was actually, I mean, Northampton's messy and fun and I, I, you know, got ousted from groups for things and definitely experienced that. But what really sort of struck me was when I lived in Portland, Oregon and I was poor as shit and I was living in a house with 10 other people and there was just like nonstop crazy drama all the time and one of the women that was living in that house had some sort of dispute with someone else that was in the west coast queer community but in a different city not even in portland and i don't even uh, know what the details were but she went so far as to put the word out that people in that person's city should be not letting them find housing or like stopping them from finding jobs whoa, whoa. Whoa. because wow. they had a relationship dispute with them. And I was living in this house and every day she would just like come up to me and like talk to me about how bad this person was and mm-hmm. like how, how they were a monster. And we needed to make sure that if they ever came to Portland, they could not find a place to live and they could not be a part of the community. And I was, I was just like, isn't this like what we like what the mean kids did to the kid eating dirt on the playground? Like, yeah. okay, this person probably fucked up, but let's like take a step back and see what will actually help them figure out what they did wrong and how they can not do it again because they're certainly not going to be learning from a bunch of people screaming at them on the internet and then them not being able to move into a house because that person heard 
that they were bad to someone six months ago or something. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. just, yeah. you know, I just like got to the point where I was listening to, I was watching television with headphones in, in my bedroom because I was so scared of one of my roommates hearing an off color joke come out of my computer and that would be it. I would lose my housing. I would lose my community. I would have to leave the city that I was living in. It was that high stakes to just be existing and mm-hmm. that's unacceptable. Yeah. God, you better hope they never fucking do this podcast. <laughs> and I'm back on the West Coast. I'm screwed. They are coming to Nevada. <laughs> They are driving that 10 hours in the desert to come <laughs> post a Facebook in a, status yeah. in a pandemic. <laughs> in a pandemic. That's how serious they are. We'll change your name and give you like... <laughs> yeah, if you guys could alter my voice, that would be yeah, great. Yeah, that'd be great for sound. From that'd anonymous. great for sound. Oh, uh, yeah. You know that podcasts all run on anonymous voice distortion. <laughs> but, you know, it's... You mentioned um, trauma earlier, and I think there's a lot to be said about that. Like, because I think, not that, I mean, everyone can have trauma, whether you're queer or not, but I do think um, queer people probably have a higher percentage of trauma than I think, uh, you know, heterosis people. Um, And so, yeah, you do find like some like substance abuse in our community, and even, even using sex as a, as a way to kind of cope with certain things and absolutely and you know and yeah and i think a, lo- a lot of us like have had problems with like self-esteem even because of like how we've been treated in the past and then so yeah if it makes you feel hot and sexy to make out with like five people or in one night you know or like sleep with as many people as you can because it it makes you feel validated you know and right. which is something we don't validation is something like we don't get a lot as queer people and i think that's yeah that's probably where a lot of that comes from i i think also some of that self-medicating we talked about this with ann hodder on a couple of her episodes about like that sometimes it's almost like there's a this inherent shame and and like that's why they're like you know are the are you drinking so you can hook up are you doing these drugs so you can feel okay having sexual relations with somebody's of the same sex or you know or just with yourself um obviously it's not always the case but right yeah no but i'm sure that's that's a valid point you know there are there are people who are homosexuals and are homophobic like that is real whether it's Mm -hmm. conscious or subconscious um you know we've been kind of trained to hate ourselves yeah so whether you whether you like it or not like there you're fighting you're fighting self-hatred once you're out of the gate you yeah. really you are. have to yeah you really are you're fighting it constantly um yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely so i think that's why you know you see these new like cool kid pockets open up and you think god i gotta be part of that i need that validation you know and i'm wondering how we curb that that inclination to want to be in mm-hmm. that group yeah that is the point at which i sort of checked out and just removed myself from the equation entirely because that is the thing I've I mean I never figured out how to not feel alienated because I wasn't I don't know I don't put any energy into my look I I mean sometimes I do but (laughs) I don't really uh the stuff that I'm interested in is 
super niche and like is not something that I have a large community of people that share the same interests as me and I fit sort of into some groups uh like tangentially but there was never a point where I was like I've got the coolest punk vest and the best mullet and I'm gonna show up (laughs) to this house party and show everybody that I can drink for loco just like everybody else because I can't I like I just I'm going to sit and get stoned in the corner and <laughs> not just, engage yeah. with anybody. And there isn't, I mean, there's some room for that. I definitely, I, I've made a lot of friends that I met specifically because of that community, but there's definitely just uh, too much that you have to do, I think, to really mm-hmm. keep up with a lot of that stuff and I I couldn't do it in high school I can't do it now (laughs) I mean if you have to like keep up all these things just to keep your friends around it's like it's a it's a lot of why is that why is there all this extra homework you know we were talking with uh Drew Drogi last week and I was I was been like going through the most recent episode and he said something about like how you know you see these pool parties where everybody looks exactly the same they all have these picture perfect bodies and he he said like I wonder has anybody left eighth grade you know and like Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I also wonder if that's part of the reason why people really want these these bodies, or like there's still that like high school mindset of like watching so much porn that you like think like this is what I have to look like, you know? This yeah. is the only body type. Yeah, I think especially in the communities that I was sort of part of, there was less about it was less about like body physique and more really about the uniform from what I could tell. Mm. Like there was Mm -hmm. there is a lot of sort of emphasis in a lot of those communities in how you look and sort of playing sort of the specific role that they're looking for people to fit or whatever. And it's a lot of sort of punk associated communities also are really part of uh highly concentrated queer communities which makes sense Mm -hmm. rebellious nature and all that Mm -hmm. and uh it just i I, you know it's it's funny because you said that and i have a similar image in my mind and it's not like beach photos of everyone with their perfect bodies but it's like group photos and everyone has their punk uniform their or their queer punk uniform which is also like very specific down perfectly everyone's hair looks spiked the right way and everyone's got like the right band shirt on or whatever and it it really it you know did you ever leave eighth grade really does feel like that it's like you know I I just don't have the energy to try and Mm -hmm. keep up with that and you know nearing my 30s you know I don't why am I gonna put that kind of energy into that at this point talking about the right band shirt brings me such high school flashbacks to people asking things like oh you like metallica (laughs) name three of their songs you know like that's that's actually one of my most like one of the the bullying moments that really stuck out to me was uh i was a really big part of the hardcore scene when i was growing up uh and one of i remember wearing uh one of the bands that was playing shirt to their show uh, oh. Which is a big faux pas. Faux pas. Big how no-no. dare you support a how band? <laughs> rude. And it was, you know, I I could give a bunch of excuses. Like my friend had given it the shirt to me that day and was like, "Hey, there's this show going on," and I was like, "Cool, I'll put the shirt." It was, you know, it was just nothing. I was 13 or something, and the singer of the band 
like called me out while he was on stage. Really? A, like really sarcastic. Like, oh, this idiot likes our band. Yeah, like literally, yeah. like oh, big shout out to like the girl wearing the war pig shirt. And I was like, I'm 13. I don't even understand what I did wrong. War pig said that to you. <laughs> That's disappointing. I'm gonna go call their mom. <laughs> And it's just like, uh, I guess I, I did a bad thing, but I don't really know what I did. And that sucks. That basically sums up how I felt every time I've tried to engage with a queer community Man. as an adult. Uh, like I did something wrong and I don't know what I did. Like I just there you walk in and you aren't you aren't the cool kid. And it's it really feels like you just are back in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have a I have this one friend and it, she does it lovingly, I think. I don't know. But she <laughs> gives me shit for like cuz I'm such like it's funny cuz I think people think the the stereotype is that lesbians like, oh, you softball and blah 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 and it's like whatever and I don't know any lesbians who like sports. <laughs> like none. But I'm I do. I like have season tickets to the Rams cuz I love football and my friends are always like what are you talking about? Like, I'm just like, yeah, guys, my, one of my uh, college players that I really like just got drafted to the Rams. And they're like, no one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I have to hang out with some straight guys. Cause I need someone to talk about, (laughs) to talk football with. Yeah. Yeah. I have found that more straight men than not fall into the, you know, are interested in the stuff that I'm interested in. So I've just, I've accepted that that's those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have a couple bros. Yeah, certainly. Good bros. You gotta find the good ones. Yeah, I also don't want the takeaway to be that queer friend groups are toxic. No, certainly. Uh, and that's like, yeah. I, I wanted to give that disclaimer at the top because I definitely don't feel that way. Um, yeah. I think it's sort of... I guess my, my point is more like people... There is a, it is easier for toxic dynamics to find their way into highly concentrated queer circles than maybe your straight coworkers and mm-hmm. their friends who drink wine <clears throat> and watch The Bachelor and, which nothing wrong with drinking wine and watching The Bachelor. <laughs> I but, do that for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I fully support that, but they might not be experiencing the same I don't know I don't want this to sound like I'm saying that straight people don't have the same levels of emotions that queer people do because no 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 I, I think that's exactly that what way. you're saying and, that's fine. <laughs> and I think that's actually a straight great place to just robots? end the episode <laughs> <laughs> but no I think what it really comes down to is that I think if there were a small community of straight people in a town just like there are in in uh, like in small towns, like I think small towns have very similar gossip and and problems and who's so and so cheated on so and so and and that kind of thing. But I think the little thing that gives us a little extra flavor is I think we tend to have a lot more trauma. Yeah, and exactly, yeah. definitely. And then yeah, and then you know some people, some of us are seeking help, raising my hand, mm. and going to therapy. But I think that. You know, unfortunately, not everyone does because a they. I mean, it's it's a, again a privilege to go to therapy. Like you know, it's kind of expensive, and um, b it's like 
I think it's a really hard thing to do that. Like it was really hard for me to, yeah. <laughs> to like start, you know, so I, it's work. It's a Absolutely. lot of work and it sucks sometimes. There's mm-hmm. also a lot of trauma regarding therapists for queer people. There's also like, I, I got really upset recently because a friend of mine put in their, I didn't get really upset, but I was like, this is like something that maybe you should think about. Uh, they had put in their Tinder profile, like, swipe. What's the one where you aren't interested in? Is that? I don't know. Is it left? L- <laughs> left? Uh, what, whatever. Swipe the no way mm. uh, if you're not in therapy. And I was like, uh. okay, I'm very aware of my mental health concerns. I'm very aware of the fact that I'm mentally ill and, like, I should be in therapy. But... I was without health insurance for the last two years up until just a couple of months ago when I finally got a job that gave me insurance and have not been able to connect with a therapist who is handling the specialties that I'm looking for since then. And also, I've been in therapy since I was 10. So I have a lot of like really intense feelings about therapists because my first experiences with them were being told that I was being bad. Like, Mm. my Mm. first experiences with them is being a child and having therapists not punish me, but basically be like, you're not behaving correctly. You're causing trouble for your parents. We need to fix you. And just, Mm. like, a stream of, like, mean old ladies that just treated me like I was a problem instead of, like, thinking, like, trying to work on, like, hey, maybe it's an issue that this child, like, can't handle certain things or is, like... Right. You know, experiencing symptoms of real diagnosable disorders and stuff. Right. Yeah. And it has made it so that even more than it it is already difficult just to find a therapist anyway. Yeah. Like, it is difficult for me to feel safe with a therapist. I have, like, really specific needs for who I'm going to feel comfortable talking to because I don't want to be reliving trauma while I'm reliving trauma. Like, I don't. Oh, God. (laughs) Right. It's a hat on a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what's terrifying is you couldn't like it is possible to end up with a shitty therapist like I'm certainly <laughs> I, I made sure I looked up like LGBT you know friendly and all that kind of stuff and like ratings and all that stuff but it still yeah. could have been and even if it's not a shitty therapist it could be someone who just doesn't you just don't jive with or, or he you just, just reminds don't. you of someone that made you feel bad before and you just don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable telling them about mm-hmm. it like there's so many things that go into finding therapy is a real serious thing so mm-hmm. you know going into finding someone that'll actually help you you know takes mm-hmm. a lot of work and it just i think there's just that sort of overall sort of sense of uh i'm doing it better than everyone else that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. comes along with that. that's no, a little that. tangential but no, it's no, no, something no. that I gets thought... me heated <laughs> totally yeah i get yeah. that i know I, I, I think that's important to talk about but um yeah i, I do think that having a, a found family for a lot of people is incredibly important yes. um i love my friends and but like i also had a group of friends before finding these people that like for find my core group that were like not great and like really catty and it's and i had that feeling of like man i should man i want to be part of the cool kids you know and the important thing is like recognizing those familiar feelings popping up and or recognizing those those same 
you know, actions like if like you were saying, like if you're pushing people down because you were pushed down, you need to find a way to curb that yourself, whether or not it's through therapy or realize that that group is not for you and hopefully find a more healthy uh, relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of like my whole point is less that, oh, you know, groups of gay friends are more inclined to be catty with each other, but just sort of it's easier for us to fall into certain pitfalls and uh, it's important to like take a step back and really see the damage that we're doing on a whole yeah. to our ability to function as a community. It'd be so, you know, if you're not kicking everyone out that isn't perfect, then you've actually got a large group of people that can come together and make a difference instead of just three people who have decided that they are the the good ones and everyone else is right. the bad ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe maybe time to to bring it bring the you know the tension down a little bit shake that off <laughs> yeah. and, and kind of have a little game you know um so we talked a bit about how um as queer people we don't always get those classic high school experiences so I have a game prepared where I'm gonna give you two like classic high school experiences that like everybody goes through um and you can choose which one you would want to do again now knowing what you know you know as as an adult and potentially as an adult, going back and doing it again. Perfect. Let's do it. Like, let's do it. Never been kissed style. Totally. Like, which like one? Like, we're Drew Barrymore writing an article. That's exactly what I want you to be picturing. <laughs> you are Drew Barrymore. You are writing an article. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, and 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 tell me how, like, you know, what either what it is about this thing that you know you'd rather do this than the other, but also like what I know now that I can do this better than I did in high school. Uh, all right, so first, right off the bat, going to prom and getting the lead in the school play. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. You don't have to agree on this, but I do want, I do want, if you don't agree, I want blood. <laughs> <laughs> I never was like a theater person. I was so in the pit orchestra. Yeah, you were. I was in orchestra too. Oh, cool. Yeah. What did you play? Viola? Oh, I played violins. We would have sat right next to each other. Yeah. Nice. Well, Playing that- for Zach as he performs on stage. Uh, which, yeah, is basically... As, as Maria in either Sound of Music <laughs> or uh, West Side Story. Well, that so that's actually, what you'd go back and do? West Side Story no. is what I played pit orchestra in yeah. <laughs> in high school, so that is accurate. I didn't go to prom, so I guess I would probably be interested in seeing what prom was like uh all I, right yeah i my date bailed on me for junior prom so i went to the mall and my friend <laughs> shoplifted from claire's some cute nail polish for me okay. <laughs> that is so high school it was that very, is very high school it was way more high school than going to prom in my opinion i think so it is <laughs> Um, and then senior prom, I worked a show at the record store that I was working at, which was way cooler than going to prom. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I did go to prom, but I still think I would do prom differently. This time, yeah. I would take a woman <laughs> instead Great. of going with one of my like guy friends. Poor guy. <laughs> I, he had like a big crush on me, and I was like, yeah, we'll go as friends, you know? And I don't think I danced with him once the whole time we were there. Uh-huh. Um so of course there was like an after party but it did get cut a little short because my best friend called me and he was like i'm in ebor city i'm drunk <laughs> he, like, oh. 
he was 16 and had like a fake ID that said he was like 28 and it like worked <laughs> everywhere. Why? And be- wow. he did look like a straight up man since he was like 14. Oh no. But I hope that's I hope he still looks 28 and not like the worst version <laughs> he does. where he's like yeah, yeah, he's like uh what's that? Oh shit, what's that movie? The Benjamin Button. Dorian Gray? Dorian. Benjamin Button. No, no, no. What's what's the one Jack where Robin Williams like oh, no. ages really fast? Yeah. But he's do- right. no, he's doing great. He looks great. Um So you you it sounds like you both would do the prom and see what that was about. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of cool. driving to Ybor City in my prom dress and picking up my drunk friend, I would probably nice. go to the after party or something. Okay. Yeah. With yeah, yeah. a lady. I like the idea of ditching prom. Go- going to prom yeah. and being like, let's get out of here. And then having like a moment bothered by the bleachers or something. Like That is fun. Like in your dress or your tux. Yeah. yeah. And like you get prom king or whatever, but you're not there. Just like where is cares? he? Where are they? I'm looking at yeah, the I'm great. looking at the planes. They fly so low. It's like you can touch them. Wow, <laughs> we're writing this. This is so good. This is like yeah. this is so good. I, um, I just okay. want to hop on one of those planes one day and get out of this town. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Zach. I love that. <laughs> You've got dreams. Yeah, big ones. <laughs> big ones. You and me. Uh, all right, this one. This might be pretty personal. Maybe mm. for for I, I may, definitely for Haley. I don't know about for you, Laura. Bring it on. Um, would you enter a spelling bee? Oh no. Or uh, make a bet that you can turn the school nerd into prom king or queen and realize you love them for them. <laughs> that is excellent. Just classic. Everybody did it. High school stuff. Oh man, that does sound fun. Yeah. Because I would learn a lot about myself and and empathy. Oh no, of course. Yeah. What do you win yeah. if you win the spelling bee? Oh, they give prom you probably king. like prom <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well that's you how get you to be, do you, it. You, Laura, you get to be the jo- the the jock's date who then turns you into the prom queen. I did watch She's All That literally two nights ago. I swear In- to God. Incredible. <laughs> so you prepped. You got ready. I did for this exact. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you probably get like a scholarship. Mm. Right? Mm. Or like a bunch of Scrabble boards or something. <laughs> I do remember. Those it. are so different. And so, <laughs> such different values. The disparity in cost yeah. is like yeah. huge it's one or the between other. them. It's like $22 I, or $22,000. Either way, Freddie Prince Jr. is going to make a bet that he can make you hot. Okay, cool. And it's going to feel like he betrayed you for a bit, but actually, he's Freddie Prince Jr. and he's so hot. So you forgive him. So yeah. you forgive he's him. Hot. Yeah. So, which is going to be. I think I'm essentially. Going to... I guess you know what. Here's the question: Would you rather be the person who turns the person into a nerd, or would you rather be the unwitting nerd who gets turned into the prom queen or king? Is there a moment where we traumatically find out that we were part of a bet? Yes, for sure. That is absolutely part of it. <laughs> can I just? That's 100 a plot point. Can I insert that that happened to me? No. Not what? Not the details of the bet. But okay. when I so was... you won a spelling bee. <laughs> no, I actually did lose a spelling bee once. <laughs> uh, I did have uh, two men at music camp bet about who would sleep with me first. No, oh, yeah. that feels bad. It felt wow. a little bad, but a, one of the boys did write a little note for me about it with as an apology, which was nice. That's nice. 
but wow. <laughs> see, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I think I want to be the jock who turns turns the nerd into the hot one. Not, I mean, I think it's horrific, but I think I would learn some life lessons sooner than I sure. did. Yeah, Freddie Prince and, Jr. probably would have continued to be like a real dick if he. I right. think hadn't absolutely. Done that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an Absolutely. amazing movie, would be to follow up <laughs> Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr.'s character from She's All That and, like, uh, high fidelity it. Like, see how he treated uh-huh. women yes. after yes. the lessons yes. that he learned by putting a woman that. through a decidedly incredibly traumatic thing right. where yeah. he made a bet about whether he could make her pretty. <laughs> right, right. Nice. Yeah, That'd be a great movie. That'd be great. I guess I probably right. would agree with that because I, I wouldn't want to find out that uh, someone was trying to do that to me. So I suppose, like yeah. you said, I would probably learn more about myself being the person who did it. Than the right. You I don't think, grow yeah, probably. as a nerd person. You no. just have to I guess forget. It just makes you feel You have to bad. forgive. Yeah, it makes you, you feel shitty forget. and you have to forgive. You just have to drink to forget. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to party into your late 20s to forget. Um. All right, next one. Again, these are classic, classic, classic high school situations. Yeah. Uh, being in the model UN or oh. being stuck in detention with a brain, a beauty, a jock, and a rebel, and turns out you have more in common than you think. Oh, man. I really wish I had done model UN in high school. I didn't care about it, and then I watched the community episode where they do a model UN, and yes. I have never, like, I don't even, I guess I don't really understand the rules, but- if the community episode is right, you just come up with ideas to solve problems and then you just say, we did it, and that counts as getting a point. It sounds great. It seems very easy. <laughs> it's like, it's just D&D, except I'm like the president of Bulgaria or whatever exactly. they have. Exactly. <laughs> and you get to get out of school for a day. They get you pizza. Yeah. I, they probably get you, yeah, exactly, pizza, oh, maybe, you would like, get some, hungry some pretzels. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I I think, det- I, I was always too scared of detention. I I never got never it. Never got it. I never got it. Yeah. One time I got in trouble for talking, and I got a warning that was, like, a pre-detention, but that was the closest I ever came, even though I texted during school all the time and totally should have gotten a detention, but I never did, and I do not want to break that record. Yeah. <laughs> This is where I come in smoking my cigarette. <laughs> you nerd. No, I think I would read. I think I would. I never got detention in high school either. Actually, I'm. I was not a bad boy We're at all. all. Such nerds. Wow, none of yeah. us. Yeah, <clears throat> I got. I got detention. I got in school suspension one time. That's worse. In wow. <laughs> that's more serious. It was, is it? I think than detention. So. A little. Because you don't yeah. have to stay after school though. Yeah, but they take you out of I class. I guess that's fair. They, did they like put you in a special room? Yeah, box. I was like, <laughs> with no windows, with- into the chokey with you. <laughs> it just had a little sliver where they you could see my eyes. Just they just bang <laughs> on they the would door put in, every few minutes. They like slid in my lunch and just fell to the floor. No, I would redo. I had in school suspension one time because I s- called a kid a motherfucker in, <gasps> in middle school. I like screamed it, but that kid deserved it. He sucked. But yeah, I just, I like was it. like, motherfucker, because he was like trying to steal my shit. I got ISS for it. And I was with all the bad kids, and I was not a bad kid at all. And I don't belong here. I've been afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. 
That's what but they like, always say. <laughs> everyone who was in there got it the next day too because they were so bad the whole day that they were like, you're getting another day of ISS. I was the only one who didn't get another day of ISS because I was like, I'm going to read my book and just be <laughs> quiet and like hope I never get this again. But so you I, didn't have a moment where you all like bonded and learned that you have more in common than you think? And no, it was like we were not allowed. To, it was worse than prison. We were not allowed to talk and the teacher was there the whole time. So, like, you literally were not allowed to speak to anyone else. If you did, you got ISS the next day. Wow, like, it. it was intense. So I would like to have detention where I could actually talk to people and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to get to know some of my classmates that I wouldn't normally get to know. I love that. I yeah. love that. They're both great answers. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to do one more. I think great. this one's tough. Cool. Um, running track. Ugh, or... Going back in time and almost accidentally erasing yourself from history <laughs> and because your mom has the hotza for you. Oh, man. Both aren't great. <laughs> Both aren't great. Both aren't great. Yeah. I actually have a very boring answer for mine, which is okay. that I started running last year. and Wow, nice. Uh, I haven't been great about keeping up with it. Funny thing about moving to a with considerably higher elevation than the one you just came from if you try and run it'll make you feel like somebody sat on your chest for a week and you won't be able to breathe for a few hours so yeah that's real yeah uh, i i tried and it was such a like colossal failure that i haven't really tried since but I started running with my roommate last year, um, and it was amazing for me and, like, really life-changing. And I discovered a bunch of stuff about myself and what my body is capable of and things that in high school, when I was, like, walking the mile, if you had said, like, hey, Laura, in 10 years, you and your roommate are going to, like, get high and run 12 miles to the neighboring town and back because you wanted to and not because you were sure. being chased by a serial killer, I would have absolutely just not accepted that as an answer at all. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess it would be cool now that I've like figured out that running does something really good for me, like mentally and emotionally and physically, I probably would go back and run track and maybe be a way more like put together person in high school than I was. Yeah. There you go. You know I wish it felt like that in track. I wish when you're playing sports in high school, they were like, hey, you were doing this for you because it's good for your body. Not like if like you got to win the meet, Zach. <laughs> yeah. You got to like you got to be the sports boy. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Orchestra wasn't like that. They didn't no. yeah. shout at us like that. So I that's fair. They didn't, I, like, <laughs> shout, they didn't like shout at you or anything, but it's still like you got to run. You're in high school and you got homework to do. And you've got, like, your instrument that you play. And you're going to run nine miles today. And also most days this week. And then there's a meet you have to, like... Right. It's just, yeah, like... Yeah, it's a little different uh, than smoking a joint and, like, taking a leisurely run. Totally. And, you know, yeah. like, stopping along the way and whatever. Yeah. Right. What's wild yeah. is I'm going to kind of say the same thing. I don't know if you're expecting this, Zach, but, like... You don't want to <laughs> go back in time and almost, almost get completely erased? No. Because your mom wants to sleep with you? Okay, you've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that. Well, you're nope. you're going to teach black people about rock music, <laughs> Haley. Cuz they weren't the one. we invented it in the <laughs> 80s. <That> was, uh... <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, but I, I kind of like started running also and like mostly from necessity because my dog is wild and she just needs to get so much energy out. And it's like you do reach a point where you're just like you're having like weird fun and you feel really good and it's so bizarre. And I think what put me over the edge is I hiked El Cap with some friends last September and it really made me realize that what I thought were my limits are nowhere near my physical limits Mm -hmm. and since then it's been much easier to like run and kind of when it started when it starts to kind of hurt and like maybe I want to stop like to push just a little bit past that and then it's like feels so good it really it's like the most amazing feeling in the world I remember the this is so nerdy I just I remember the first time uh we it was like the second night that we went we went running two nights in a row it was not recommended I felt like garbage for the next like three weeks but uh I the first time that you know it was dark out and I saw a light in the distance and I was like that is a completely unreasonable goal for me to continue running without stopping to get to that light but just for fun I'm gonna make that my goal and then to get there and be like oh my god I could keep going like this isn't even as far as my body will let me go was like, it's like the most life changing feeling. Yeah. Mm. It's really cool. All right. But time travel is too. (laughs) Time traveling is dope too. It it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe pick like a different year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not there (laughs) some other time. Yeah. No, I, I I think that totally makes sense. Yeah. I I just wish when I was doing track that it was, I don't know. I just like maybe it was also just my dad too. Like, it just felt like something I had to do and not sure. something that was for me totally. in any way. And like, absolutely, like I was, like I mean, I was in the middle of the pack a lot of the times. But I was like, I at my fastest, my senior year, I was a five minute fifteen mile. Like, wow, crazy, or like something like that. And like now, I've been running more because. I'm just, I, you know, I'm working from working out from home and trying to, you know, get out there. Um, and like running two, three miles is hard again. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm having to get back to anywhere near that I was. And it's right. like, it sucks. And I wish the thing, but the thing is when I crossed that last line in cross country, I was like, done, never again, done. This mm-hmm. was bad. And I didn't like doing it, you know, even though like, sure, like we, there were teammates that were like, fun and there were like good times but overall like it was a good learning experience but I didn't want to do it again like right you know it's the same thing like I didn't write in high school I hated any kind of writing assignment I had to do in high school and I'm a writer but it's right it's, it wasn't for me yeah. you know I, I wasn't writing for me it looks like you weren't running for you so yeah yeah they they don't a lot of times in school they don't like try and teach things in a way that's like hey you're gonna need this you know like Mm -hmm. or or this is for you you know you should do this at your pace because you want to not because an adult is telling you you have to do it and then not really explaining why yeah anyway well that's all i got for you thanks zach great game yeah no i love that yeah yeah it was fun Now comes the point of the show where we kind of turn over the reins to you, Laura, and you get to ask your one question, unfiltered, whatever you want, uh, can be anything, and we'll answer to the best of our ability. Yeah. Cool. So it's sort of a two-parter, like two questions combined into one. Okay. But uh, it has to do with high school. Basically, uh, if you 
ended up it's very similar to the game basically if you had mm-hmm. a chance to sort of you, you ended up going back to high school if you were in one of those 17 again movies but you weren't 17 again necessarily you had your personality now mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah but you yeah, were yeah, a teenager yeah. do you feel like you would have the same kinds of dynamics that you had when you were in high school do you feel like you would fit into a different place then do you feel like your dynamic with the rest of the world has changed so drastically that if you were put back into a place like high school, you would see yourself as a different role in that mm-hmm. world? It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Also, body switching movies in any form are always weird. <laughs> and we never really talk about that. Like, it, it's weird <laughs> when like a 30 year old is now 16. And it's also really weird when Tom Hanks is like, actually a little kid inside like yeah 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 it's cute sometimes but like man the implications yeah fun movies (laughs) don't think about it for too long yeah don't think about it right uh woof it's a good question though um i think mostly i don't know i i I was like i was a good student i was doing a lot of stuff i would um i would definitely question is is like everything the same like or am i just like like my fam, like I'm, I'm back. We're like living with my family and everything. I'm but on with West your Court 2020 Street. Minds mind. With my 2020 yeah. mindset, I've fully moved. Okay, great. Yeah, I would definitely, um, kind of start. I, I take people at their word more often. Like, if somebody shows me who they are as far as being like my friend, and they're not very kind, I would um take note of that and I believe them more. Um, I feel like I've done I. I was so, um, I so wanted to be friends with people and have people like me or not like, like me, like, like me, like, you know, like I wasn't so worried about like, oh my God, I hope it like, they like me. I just like wanted to be generally nice to people, but I didn't feel like I've had a lot of close friends and some of the people that I wanted to be close friends with were not always great to me and that Mm -hmm. wasn't nice and it didn't feel good. Um, but I, yeah, I think I would have done better. Uh, yeah, going around. And we yeah. were one house down from each other for I know. years, and I did not become friends until our graduation parties. <laughs> we were yeah. friends. We were not, like friendly, we were but friends. we didn't start yeah. hanging out with each other until then. No. which I think plays. It's exactly that. We just uh, weren't going out of our way to, out of our way to actually sort of interact with the people that would have been the best for us at that moment. Right, and right, we were always right. like, it was, it was. We were, we had, you know, fun in class and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, yeah, we just, it just didn't click until later. Yeah. I don't know. And we saw each other having parties across the yard and we're like, hey, come yeah. on over. Uh, yeah. Then, you know, the rest is totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Haley, how about you? Yeah, I think, I think it would have been similar, but um, there would be some big differences. I, I, I would be in like the similar friend group um, because I was really good friends with like a group of girls. Um, and I say girls cause they were girls at the time, but who, um, we were just like, like to joke around and have fun and like, not like crazy partiers or anything. Like we would go over to each other's houses and like watch movies and stuff like that. Um, and they were great. I think I would have like the same friend group. Um, but I think my primary concern in high school all the time was to make the joke and to be the funniest person in the room. Not necessarily the popular kid, but, like, I always did want to be the funny one. Like, that was my goal to be, like, the class clown kind of thing. Yeah. And I think 
not that I've necessarily made like jokes at other people's expenses all the time, but I think I maybe wasn't as sensitive as I could have been to some people sometimes. Like my friends, you know, we would like razz on each other and stuff like that. And like, I think I would be much more open to vulnerability and to not like attacking it when I saw it, you know, not, not necessarily that I was like trying to be mean, like, but just to joke around in my mind, joking around. But, um, but yeah, I think I would have just been more open to vulnerability and sensitivity in general. Yeah, teenagers um, aren't good at uh, no. accepting vulnerability. No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Not in themselves, not in others, not yeah. in anybody. And I think yeah. I would have called out more bullshit. Like, because I think that, like, I never participated in, like, bullying or anything like that, but yeah. I saw it. But you don't necessarily say anything because you don't want to get it turned around on you and you don't want to be the one who's then alienated. So I think I would have called out more more bullshit yeah i think i'd also be a lot better for standing up like i think i'd be a lot better just standing up for myself or or for anybody and and just like mm-hmm. yeah just knowing what i want as well yeah and being more direct about things i don't blame me for doing that like cause i was no. like a kid but like it yeah that's what i would do do differently i think totally yeah nice yeah good great. question great question you have a was it a two-parter? Or? Oh, I mean, that was, that was sort of it. Like, did you feel like Oh, great. It was oh, just totally. sort of multiple questions. In there. That's a, <laughs> it's a great question. Do you have an answer for yourself? I I was thinking about it. Um, I definitely, I think for me, the biggest thing would just be accepting that, like, there is no changing who I am and the stuff that I'm passionate about. And I uh, wasted time in high school and not just following those threads, not leaning Mm. into who I am, not immediately just being like, okay, I'm passionate about music. I'm passionate about writing. It doesn't matter that it's not something that anyone else around me is doing. I should just be like writing about music. I should just be like focusing on the stuff that makes me you know, that I'm interested in. And it doesn't matter that literally no one in my peer circle has any idea like what right. it is that I'm right. into. I should just lean into it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think in general, just sort of actually identifying the stuff about myself that makes me, you know, unique or uh, stand out or whatever, and really sort of focusing on that and trying to develop that instead of trying to find ways to make that fit with the people around me, which is what I spent yeah. every single day of my entire school career doing. And it totally. got me absolutely nowhere. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like, I think we also always pick apart our past selves, you know? Um, but like, and I mean, I don't know what was going on in your head, but I think in general to me, like you definitely stood out as like as just being a very strong personality and who you just always have been um and like you were you know you always like were clearly into like music and just like bands i still have never heard of (laughs) and like i mean you you worked at you worked at siren records for so long and i don't know i think like you are passionate and I'm, i'm glad that you feel like you've more taken ownership of that but i definitely don't think you 
didn't have that before at least not well that's the thing is i just i guess sort of accepting that i just didn't even have a chance at hiding who i was and that like (laughs) even if i was trying to make myself fit in with the people around me like everyone could see like oh this is who lara is and sure she's not whatever you know else is going on there and to just sort of have like been okay with that and realized it's so hard that, to do yeah, you're young and you're trying to figure out what it means with. yeah to be you mm-hmm. definitely yeah. it's an it's like it's an impossible thing yes to tell <laughs> yeah. a, a teenager yeah you only know that now because you went through that and everything else right, you know? right that's right. it yeah yeah i blame this a lot on high school movies but i wish like we didn't have this feeling that everything's so important right now it's like, it's not that no, it's not important, but it's like the tutorial, you know, like it's a tutorial and that is important in its own right. But like, you you got to know, I wish you knew that now. Like, I hate all these these movies and stuff where prom is the most magical night of your right. life and all this stuff. And like, it's all leading up to that. And then and that's it. And I don't know, I don't know it's, anybody it's... who their prom night was like even a blip on their radar now right like, i don't know yeah. anyone who has i think this is the first time i've talked about prom <laughs> like yeah. i don't right. know anyone who that's important to them and i think i think i mean you saying tutorial sort of spark sort of the real meat of what we've been talking about the whole time is that if you missed out on vital parts of the tutorial how are you going to be able to play the game the best way that you can when you're an adult if you missed going on a date or having your first kiss or understanding like how to interact with a crush that you know might like you back you're not sure whatever there's like so many experiences that are way more tailored to straight people or Mm -hmm. people who assume that they're straight when they're young that yeah all those tutorials just only are experienced by those folks and if you missed out on one then you're an adult and someone's you know you're in a bar full of attractive people and you aren't necessarily sure what you're supposed to do to like not hurt a bunch of people's feelings yeah 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 which button is introduce myself which button is What's the secret code? I just need the secret code. What I need to go is do is go to GameStop and get one of those really thick player manuals. <laughs> That's why everyone just needs to play D&D before they're allowed to flirt with someone. <laughs> I <laughs> can know. understand what I know. what you can say that will upset an NPC. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like to think as potential daters uh, as NPCs. That's incredible. <laughs> It's just one guy playing everybody. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, thank you, Laura, so much for coming on the show. Have you had fun? Yeah, this was so great. Thank you guys so much you were for great. having me. Where can people find you on social media? So um, right now, I guess mostly I'm just on Instagram. Um, I'm hoping that – so I'm starting a podcast very soon. We just sort of started it about collections and obsessions with physical objects called Sick Things – and we're going to be developing an online presence for that once there's a first episode to put out. But right now, people can find me on Instagram at Blue Oyster Cult, but the U is a V. So Blue Oyster <laughs> C V L T. 
Uh, I frequently get tagged by people who think that I am actually the band Blue Oyster Cult, but I am not. (laughs) I'm sure they love that. I'm just a large fan. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, I guess that's where I'm most active right now. And uh, that's where I'll be posting any sort of information about future projects that are going to be popping up. I also, I have a semi-regular column on the blog, Heavy Blog is Heavy which is a heavy metal music blog, and I run a column called Den of Antiquities, and it's all histories about sort of forgotten 60s and 70s rock bands that fed directly into metal but never get talked about uh, in the same sentence as Black Sabbath or Deep Purple, so Mm -hmm. trying to give them a little bit of love that they deserve, and that's sort of the main thing that I'm publishing right now that people can find easily online. That's awesome. Awesome. That's so awesome. And Haley, where can we be found? Thanks for asking, Zach. Uh, we can be found <laughs> on Instagram at NotTogetherPodcast, on Twitter at NotTogetherCast. We've got a Facebook. Just look it up. We're Not Together. And uh, you can email us at NotTogetherPodcast at gmail.com. And please continue to send those listener questions in um, via email or DM us or whatever. Um, and we're just going to keep compiling those and uh, we'll pump out some more listener advice episodes soon. Great. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show again, Laura. Thank you uh, we really appreciate it. So much fun. And it's so good catching up with you like every time. Yeah, it's so nice to see your face. <laughs> it's been several years since we've seen each other. So hopefully we can. I know. Been I know. Last cute. time she was here, we like got a bunch of candy and then went around and looked at a bunch of famous Hollywood houses and stuff and then like went into a weird castle yeah very touristy stuff we did a lot of tourist stuff and then I pursued my celebrity crush briefly (laughs) (laughs) it was very good happy to help just happy to help (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. well and thank you all for listening so much Um, we're signing off Uh, I'm Zach and I'm Haley and we're we're not not together. together Bye. Bye. We're Not Together is produced, hosted, and edited by Zach Ogle and Haley Manrique. And our intro music and theme song is composed by Barry Anderson. 